skeptical about custom beauty, honestly, y'all, I totally get it. My feed is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising, you know, to fix all of our beauty, hair, and skin problems. Truthfully, I was so skeptical when I saw this brand, but I'm a total believer now. When pros says custom, they actually mean it. Their products are no gimmicks, and your formula couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skin care is made to order and personalized with unique blends of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. And they get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. Did you know, for example, that Minneapolis has like weirdly hard water, which apparently was affecting my hair? So like some of the ingredients that they put into my hair care was to like deal with the fact that we have hard water. Wow. I love that. They also asked me things like, you know, because I have had a baby recently, like, am I still breastfeeding? What are my hair goals? And I also really appreciated they asked like, how much effort do you want to put into your hair? Yeah, <laughs> because like I'm at the point, you know, I used to let, yeah, I used to do those, you know, put effort into my appearance, but now it's like, I just want to be able to walk out of the door without feeling self-conscious. Um, I, this is truly such a genuine endorsement. So I've really enjoyed using these products. But don't just take our word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised control clinical trial, this is like the gold standard of all of these trials, Pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering our listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash just break up. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash just break up for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas, pros.com slash justbreakup. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Denver. What's up, Los Angeles? Hey, Seattle. Milwaukee, what are you doing later? We have a very special belated Valentine's Day gift for all of you, and that is... We are going on a spring tour. Oh, my God. Live shows in all four cities in the very first week of April. If you go to JustBreakUpPod.com, you can get the dates, the venues, and the tickets to see Sam and I and Big Cats live in April. Welcome to Just Break Up, <laughs> the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I, that's right, cheer for her. 
and I'm Sam Blackwell. Cheer for her, too. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) This week, we're going to tackle topics like when your ex goes to prison, (laughs) being codependent no more, Mm. and when sacrificing yourself just seems easier. Mm, I know. (laughs) Fuck. But first, we just want to give you all our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not in any way accredited or credentialed to do this work. No, we are not qualified to do this. We always drink a glass of champagne um, during our shows. We don't drink before because it makes us um, intolerable. Um, (laughs) But we're drinking them out of our fancy glasses. So let's take our first sip together. Let's do it. To make us even more unqualified. Yeah, right. (laughs) Really. Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Um, this we, is so many people. <laughs> I have been so excited for this show. I just, I have just been so excited. Um, it's in one of my favorite cities. It's in an amazing venue. Oh my God, let's finish our spiel first. Please take our advice as you see fit. Yes. None of this is good. <laughs> or like legally binding. No, or, not in any way. Please yes. don't sue us later because we told you to break up with your boyfriend. Yes. Sam has a legitimate fear that one day, like, somebody's gonna, we're gonna, like, get served with a lawsuit that's like, my ex-girlfriend listens to your podcast, and she keyed my car, so I'm suing you for damage. <laughs> he has been afraid of this since no. w- when we had, like, 100 listeners. So, no, that's absolutely true. Yes, yeah, so, um... It was like a con on my list of doing this podcast. I was like, <laughs> yeah. potential lawsuits. We are opening ourselves up to litigation and every time just, we open our mouths. That's the perfect example between our two personalities because Sam was like, well, this could happen and this could happen. I was like, but it'll be fun. <laughs> you know, like, only joy. That's um, right. No consequences ever to our actions. Um, this is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. Yeah. Here we are. <laughs> when are you guys when are you guys gonna start saying the script with us? Oh. Should we be in Probably that? when I fucking start saying it, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Like, <laughs> it'll be right in front of me, laminated, and I'll be like. Um, okay, anyway, yes. So, hello, Brooklyn. Um, okay, so cute little thing, really quickly. This dress is from Rent the Runway. Ooh. Um, it was my first time using it, and I had been talking about it with a friend of mine um, before Christmas, and my girlfriend overheard me, and she bought me a gift certificate for this show. Um, yeah. Like you. Yeah. So but cute. that's not the point. Like, I'm not trying to, like, be cute. I'm actually trying to be um, poignant. Um, <laughs> that this dress was called, I was, like, looking at another dress, but this dress is called the Red Brooklyn Dress. So I was like, that's probably what I'll buy or rent, I mean. Okay, anyway, so our check-in topic today, Sam. Yeah. It's on the table. Oh, great. It's yeah. me. Yes, okay. <laughs> what um, is our check-in topic, Sam? <laughs> thank you. Um, our check-in topic is inspired by a letter from someone named, named I Need Hal. Last name, Hal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Who is writing from Washington State. Um, that's right. Uh, it's great there. <laughs> There are a lot of serial killers from Washington and that is so true. Wisconsin. And Wisconsin, which is my home state. So I feel a kinship with you, Washington State. Uh, congrats on not getting murdered by a serial killer. Um, so I need help, writes, I have a difficult time with self-sabotaging. Particularly, I almost always go to thoughts of he's too attractive for me or someone that 
or that is someone who could never be interested in me. I'm curious if this is a common thing or am I in the minority? Also, do you think that the idea of being in someone's league is real? Thanks for reading. I appreciate all of your wonderful feedback. Mm. So, yeah, self-sabotaging. Make some noise if you relate to feeling out of a league. Mm. Or like, <laughs> that is right, because you are all too good for everyone else. Yeah. You are just like in a league of your own. Congratulations. Great movie. Oh, my God. Such a good movie. It is. I'm about to pay like $130 for a costume. You know, I'm not going to, but like I would for a League of Your Own costume. Oh, you should. I know. And then I would like wear it every Friday. Who would you go as though? Um, Madonna. Gina no. Davis. Gina Davis. Rosie. No, Gina Davis. Okay, that's I'm much great. too, yeah. I'm, actually, I am the younger <laughs> sister, so maybe I would be. What is the other one? Rosie? No, what's the, no, no, not Rosie O'Donnell. Who, what's the, Kit. Oh my yes. God. I'm so Kit. I don't know what I was thinking about. I'm not Gina. Okay. Anyway. Am I Tom Hanks in this situation? <laughs> yeah, you are. There's no crying in baseball. You're like, we're going to get sued. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I don't know why I'm holding my script. Um, okay. So, uh, do, Sam, do you believe in, um, well, first question, do you relate? Do you feel, do you suffer with imposter syndrome? Oh, for sure. I don't think that there's any person that doesn't feel like like a person that they're into is out of their league, right? I think yeah. that that's such a real thing to compare yourself to other people and be like, oh, I'm not good enough for that person. Yeah, I think it's common. I don't think everybody experiences it because some people give themselves the gift of being like, oh my God, I'm into this person. I wonder if they're into me too. And it is like, that is a gift that you give yourself to say like, I am worthy of this. This chemistry is real. For or sure. like I'm worthy of their attention and, and all these things. But I do think our brains are very like scary, cruel places that often, um, like, fuck with us. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know? right. We wouldn't have this podcast if that weren't true. Uh, uh. Yeah, but I think that that is absolutely real. That I think it's that, common. Yes, for sure. But I also think it's, like, it's such a way that we can get into our head in a way that... Oh, my God. That I talk about this all the time, right? Like, I, whenever I'm in a moment of I'm having anxiety or when I feel like I'm an imposter, I have to stop myself and literally say... That's, That's not, not real, real, right? I have to be like the narrative that I am telling myself right now is a narrative in my head. It does not exist in reality. Mm-hmm. This person that I think is out of my league is feeling most like really, really awkward Shits right their now. Pants. Yeah, well, they shit their pants for sure. Uh, but like they, they're having difficulty talking to me because they're uncomfortable too. Yeah, like they're you're feeling awkward. Attractive. Thank Let's you. talk about his jacket. <laughs> have I not been? pumping up the jacket <laughs> you really have and then i was like oh my god what if it like everyone's like oh that's not a good look no, for you it's bomb.com it's great it's like brocaded so it's a little bit like mother of the bridey which i'm super into so like i'm like a instagram influencer slash i'm about to get real wine drunk at your wedding <laughs> um <laughs> what was your style icon again Ellen? Oh, no, my new style icon, it was Ellen, but now it's Kate McKinnon. Who does Ellen, who does Ellen impressions? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also really funny. Okay, anyway, um, okay, so another thing I want to talk about, about, like, being in and out of someone's league, which is totally not real. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's not real in that it's, cre- leagues are created in our heads, so, like, do you feel that way? Right. Then, then it's real in your, your, your head makes so many active rules that mm-hmm. you have to 
navigate. Um, I call them jungle gyms, like when you have to do the emotional labor to like get through something. But um, I wanted to point out, because like I have struggled with this for sure. I happen to have like an unusual amount of confidence <laughs> when it comes to flirting. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, not that I like feel cool. It's just like it comes easily to me when I like someone, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. However, when it comes to issues of money or career or like if they look like they dress nicer than I do. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, you we're we do not vibe. <laughs> because I'll break all your shit, I'll stain all your stuff. I'll, you know, I'm just inherently like so those are the, I'm just being honest that those are things that make me feel out of someone's league mm -hmm. and then I have to do that mental gymnastics to like tell myself that's not real. And why I'm bringing this all up is also because a, a big reason, a big way I've gotten out of um, having that kind of... Our photographer's doing a little <laughs> peekaboo on us. I feel like I am part of like a National Geographic thing. <laughs> Hi. You're doing a great Sorry. job. Sorry. <laughs> We're not professional. Not in any way. <laughs> We're like this. Act cool, act cool, act cool. Anyway. <laughs> litmus test of like are we professional yeah and we're definitely not do you want to suppose <laughs> just kidding okay so what i was saying was um uh talking about being a oh oh what helps me with that imposter syndrome is um healthy stable people also like the my partners telling me that they love me no matter how much money I make mm -hmm. or they don't love me because of my clothing or they don't love me because of my career. They love right. me because of my inherent personality and all of those other things are pluses that make us who we are or like or help mold us as who we are. But um, it sounds kind of like a scapegoat to be like other people help me fix this personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that is yeah, what well, I will legit. say. But yeah. I also think it's um, sometimes I think when we talk about leagues, we talk about some of the most superficial things, right? Like, like having a career, and which is like about money and like right. nice clothing is so real. Right. Or like, Red, oh, I think that way. person is really attractive. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> but you also bring things into that relationship that maybe aren't the yeah, like long career. talks yeah. when I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, dancing around like a weirdo when you have Being too really much coffee. Excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. But I think I think that the what I the issue that I have with leagues is that it just it creates this hierarchy of like what of how we define people. Oh my god, it's capitalism. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, how much money can you spend on your skincare routine so that you look like you're a 12 year old when you're actually 74? Right. <laughs> Like, how much money can you spend on uh, nice clothes? All of that stuff. And it's just, it doesn't, it undervalues the immense amount of resources and goodness that people bring to relationships that aren't related to money or how they look. Oh, my God. And that, and I think that is what is so unsettling to me about this, a concept about leagues, because it leaves so much out of the equation that we need to be focusing on. Yeah. And it's just a constant form of, like, internal self-harm to say, uh, oh, that person's out of my league or, yep. oh, they would never be interested in me right. because it also takes away agency of the other person um, and it totally devalues yourself. Not, not to, not to mention all the ways it devalues itself, but it, it makes that other person like a one dimensional 
um, for sure. cartoon They are only how attractive they are or like how much money they make. Yeah. When really they might and be moving through the world looking for exactly you, right? Yeah. And all of the amazing things that you bring to the table. Yeah. And I'm thinking now too, it also reinforces the weird dating rules that we see that we know aren't real, but like society puts on us like that you like... Um, you have to date a person of a certain attractiveness. If you were a certain, the fucking zero to 10 thing, you know, uh-huh. like I'm going to date a seven or whatever. Yep. I don't, you know, um, it, 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 it reinforces these dating rules that aren't real anyway. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, so fuck that. Yeah, fuck leagues. <laughs> a way that you can combat it, let's close on that. A way that you can combat it, um, dear, I need help. Um, is to do the serious head and heart work, and we always say this, and I sound like a Hallmark card, but um, how true is your self-love? Mm-hmm. Is your, does, if your self-love extends to a bubble bath when you're feeling stressed out, that is not sustainable self-love that will get you through into a sustainable, happy, healthy relationship. Sure. Um, and it's not like a RuPaul, like, how the hell are you going to love somebody else sort of thing? Because we all know we can love the hell out of people when we hate ourselves. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's, we are True. very capable of that. <laughs> um, but it's more like a, um, I need help. I would say to you that you have to be able to say, um, I have value. I have worth. I have. I am desirable. I bring things to relationships. Mm-hmm. People would want me for a reason. And if you can't do that, I ha- there is no shame to you because I know how how beautiful and addictive self-loathing is, mm, right? I know yeah, how easy and slippery and, and comforting it is to fucking talk bad about yourself. Yeah, because if you can hate yourself more than you think everyone else hates you, then you've beat them to the punch. Booch. <laughs> um, yeah, that was beautifully said. Um, so, so I need help. It's about seeing your value in yourself. And it's, I would also say it's about allowing other people to be um, mortals, to be yep. human, slappy people who shit themselves and have terrible breath in the morning. That's right. And who who have fucked up relationships with their parents or whatever the fuck. Yep. You know, everything that you're ashamed of, they have their own counterpart. And um, that makes us just more... Uh, I don't know what word I'm Yeah, I was to say. like, what is it? Human? Was <laughs> uh, that the word? Yeah, human, like <laughs> compatible. You know, our our, our brokenness is, uh, yes. is what makes us compatible to each other. Yes. I mean, the brokenness leads to vulnerability, which is how you actually form quality relationships with people. Absolutely. Right? <laughs> this. <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> All right. Do you want to get into some fucking letters? Oh, before we it. get into letters, I got to tell you something. I forgot to tell you how this is going to go down. Um, you all hopefully listen to this podcast or else you're like, who the fuck are these people? Yeah, right. <laughs> In their excellent clothing. <laughs> um, we're going to do a normal episode, um, but we're going to pause after our third letter before the blind date to do a Q&A. So if you have a question, start thinking about it now because we're only going to take six questions, okay? And they have to be like... Um, thesis statement questions they can't yes. be like so in 2014 i swiped right on this girl you right. know we can't do the whole life story like, um how do you deal with feeling inadequate right yep and i would be like therapy right <laughs> next <laughs> tldr my friends and what's great is now everyone is working on their question and they're not going to pay attention to us at all for the rest of this episode no 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 they wouldn't do that them. to us they wouldn't do that to us <laughs> are the best by the way no seriously you're so sweet we love our listeners so much um we were featured on apple podcast this week and 
a goal from the very beginning, but a goal that we never thought that we didn't see the path to. Yeah. We didn't know how we would get there, but of course we'd be like, oh, that would be awesome. Um, and Sam and I just want to say that that is literally like you guys all know podcasts are free to listen to and we didn't get paid by Apple. We didn't get asked to do that. They just did it and they did it because all of you are listening and all of you are telling your friends to listen. Yep. And um, that type of word of mouth is invaluable to us. Um, and it's really what our whole podcast has been built on. So thank you so much. And thank you for being here, for packing this fucking venue. That's right. Ugh. It's so crowded. Okay, let's get into some fucking letters. Okay. This first letter is right, is from a confused girl. Oh. But I think it's a confused girl. Like we... like. They refer to themselves as A later. Oh, okay, great. Okay, A, confused girl, who's writing to us from San Diego. Hello, Sam and Sierra. I just want to thank you, too, for making my Mondays a day to look forward to. I've been listening since the very beginning, and you guys have helped me through so much, especially with my last relationship. I've been a fan of Sierra's poetry for many years, and the poem Today Means Amen has gotten... Just kidding. <laughs> um, has gotten me through my darkest moments, and it will always be a favorite. Thank you so much, A. By my books. Um, <laughs> so a little over six months ago, I decided to break up and completely cut contact with my ex-boyfriend. Our relationship had many ups and downs, but towards the end, it was more problems than anything. I lost myself and I was not happy. I had a lot going on that at that time and cutting myself off from him seemed like the great first step to get my life back in order. The two years we were in a relationship, he was reckless, irresponsible, and proved, me many proved to me many times why he and I were not meant to be together. I, always felt, uh, I felt like I always had to pick up the pieces whenever he had a problem, and it got exhausting both physically and mentally. Every time I called it quits, he would turn to alcohol, and I can't even count the number of times I spent hours and hours talking himself out of hurting himself. He always said that he just couldn't st stand to let me go, how I was, quote, his person, and how I was the one thing missing in his life before we decided to date. We have so much history, history together, and we've known each other since we were kids, which is also why I stayed for so long. He was just so familiar to me. I knew everything about him and vice versa. After many fights and problems, when I finally had enough, I proceeded to say our final goodbye, and I blocked him on everything. He, of course, did not accept it, but respected my decision, and before he could convince me to give it another shot, I block, block, blocked him. Nice. We just high-fived for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Because of his career, we, he, he lives in a different state, so it made it much more easy for me to be able to move forward with my plans of letting him go. I loved him very much, and I'll always hold a place for him in my life, but it was time to love myself more and put myself first. Love that. A few days ago, I received a message from his brother telling me that my ex has been incarcerated and has been trying to get a hold of me. This all came as a big wrecking ball. I spent the last six months working on myself. I got a new job where I'm much more happier. I've moved into my own apartment by myself. I haven't felt this happy and proud of myself in a long time. Aww. I know. <laughs> I can't help it. When you guys are proud of yourself, I just <laughs> I get so emotional. I cried reading this on the way down here. Um, uh, so after finding out my ex was in jail, all these emotions came to me. Since we don't have many mutual friends in common, and after cutting him off, there was no particular, no, there's no possible way I could have ever found out that he had actually been in jail for the last six months since we broke up. The reckless and irresponsible person I left six months ago got himself in jail only a few days after I walked away. 
I had to do my research and found out a few news articles online. It turns out he was very drunk and made a very, very, very stupid mistake that we won't know because she didn't write it in here, just so you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not going to have a big reveal of yeah, what happened. Yeah. Um, it was arson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not making fun of that. Um, but he could be facing many years behind bars. All these months, I had thought he finally accepted me letting go, uh, accepted um, to let me go. So it all explained why I hadn't heard from him. As it turns out, he tried calling me many times through the past uh, for the past few months from jail, but I never answer my phone uh, phone to numbers I don't recognize because I get a lot of scam calls. Right? Me fucking too. I don't answer it. Even when I know who's calling me. (laughs) (laughs) After a dozen missed calls from that number, I blocked it. Not, you know what? You did the right thing. (laughs) That's the right thing to do. (laughs) After not being able to get a hold of me, he finally asked his brother to send me a message. Now, I feel confused. I'm at a loss for words. I feel like I spent so much time protecting him from doing stupid stuff. And the second I walk away, he gets himself in the most trouble he's ever been in. Mm. I moved on with my life, and he's at the lowest he's ever been. It really hurts to know that he's in there. But after everything he uh, did while drunk, and as much it hurts to think this... He deserves to be in there. A part of me wants to pick up the phone, unblock that number, and just listen to whatever he wants to say to me. But I know I am the strongest I have been in a very long time, and I know I should definitely not do that. Mm. Yes, you can make some noise for that. Why do I feel this guilt? Why am I going over and over every single thing in my head when I know that it is no longer my place to be there for him? I haven't replied to his brother's messages, and I don't even know if I will. I'm strong enough to move forward and let this pass by because, like I said, it is no longer my job uh, to be there for him. Knowing him, I know that he's going to ask if he could call me every now and then to check up on me, but I know I can't accept this, not from personal experience, but I know it must get lonely in there. I know he's going through a very difficult time, and needs to feel support. You guys are bad. <laughs> uh, I guess I just need... <laughs> I guess I just need someone else's point of view and thoughts to let me know I won't uh, completely be a selfish asshole for not wanting to pick up the phone even while he's in jail. Mm. It would just hurt too much and I no longer have space for mistakes like that in my life. Mm. I hope this letter wasn't too confusing. If you end up not reading it on this podcast, that's fine. It just really felt good to type it all out. Sending all of my love to both of you, A. Give it up for A. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so first off, I just want to say that we definitely wanted to answer this question because we have never had a letter like this no. so far. Um, but we really, uh, we didn't go back and forth with it. It was like an immediate yes. But we, one of the things we talked about before picking it was that you are obviously on such a healthy path for mm-hmm. yourself. And you, and you all know what to do. You write us and you're like, what should I do? I think I should do this. And we're like, yeah. <laughs> that thing that you just said is the thing you should yeah. do. <laughs> and, and we want to just reiterate that, that to you, A, that like I got emotional reading your letter earlier today and today, uh, uh, tonight, because I feel so proud of you and I can feel your self-love and your self-respect respect resonating from every single word in here. And I want to tell you that that just because you're feeling guilt and just because you're, you know, kind of going over these details and second guessing all of this growth that you made doesn't mean that growth is erased. Mm -hmm. It's very human to have our empathy um, 
blur our vision sometimes, For sure. right? Um, but that doesn't take away all the growth that you've done. And yep. I and Sam are super fucking proud of you. Absolutely. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. I mean, I think that when we are so used to giving too much of ourselves, establishing boundaries feels like a it's like, like we're being mean. Yeah, like we're being mean to a person. Mm. Um, when the reality is, is that we have been just giving too much of ourselves to that person and enabling that person to take advantage of us, right? Yes. And I think about, so uh, most folks know, but my dad killed himself last year. And I was recently having a conversation with my mom. So when he was in a bad place towards the end of his life, my mom actually moved out and moved in with us. Because suddenly, my sister, my mom, and I were all establishing some boundaries around, you can't talk to people like this. You know, we are, we, like right? This. We feel unsafe when we're around you. We are really concerned about you. You need help, and we need you to get it. Um, and after that, he killed himself. And my mom and I had a conversation where it's like, we feel like because we did this thing, that is the reason why he killed himself. Right. But the real, the real thing was, was that we through our enabling, had kept him alive for that long, right? Mm -hmm. Like we hadn't, we hadn't betrayed him by establishing healthy boundaries. We had just been pouring ourselves into the very minimum of maintaining him, right? right? When he couldn't do it for himself. Right. And, and you guys couldn't do it either. It was unsustainable. You couldn't right. do that forever. Absolutely. And the pain and the, the hurt that my mom went through while he was alive is, is awful. And, it's sad that the first time that she stood up for himself, herself was the time that he uh, decided to do what he did. But the reality is, is that we can't move through this world trying to protect people from themselves, right? right? We can't. I wish Fuck. we could. If, I, if, if we could, my dad would still be alive, right? right? But we couldn't, we couldn't do it anymore. And so I know that it can be really hard to establish these boundaries. And sometimes the things that happen afterwards are really bad. Right. But the fact is, is that without those healthy boundaries, we would have given up so much of ourselves that we couldn't, we couldn't have lived our lives anymore. Right. That's what we were doing. My and mom the lived her life. And the consequences of his actions have nothing to do with you in it, it, setting up your boundaries. Absolutely it has not. to do with his mental health. And what he was going through and the decisions that he was making and the hurt that he was causing himself and right. others. Right. And I, we, I wish that we could have found a way to get him the help that he needed. Right. And that's all we were trying to do. But unfortunately, he wasn't in a place where he could let that happen. Yeah. Man, I don't think that you're a perfect person, and I don't want to put the pressure on you. <laughs> I'm not a perfect person. <laughs> no, no, to I know clear. that, and I and I'm mindful of how much I love you because I know it puts a lot of pressure on you. Um, but that's just a fucking such a radical, like brave, um, eloquent state. I mean, I just don't know how many people could reach that level of eloquence um, about that topic, and it's a radical statement that is freeing you and your mom and your sister. Absolutely. Like it's giving you freedom. Right. Um, and yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> I just think you're the shit. But like, no pressure. Oh, I thought you wanted to touch me, but you were just batting a fly <laughs> off of me. <laughs> Listen, we all show love in, in love in different ways. That was an act of service that I just did for you. Do you guys know how full of shit he is? <laughs> <laughs> to, to continue what Sam was saying, yeah. um, and to steal a line that he said earlier today. <laughs> love it. I'm going to take your genius. Let's do it. Um, a, 
just like Sam said, that um, it's hard to, when, we in, when we're so used to being overstepping our boundaries and um, actually enacting them or like upholding them feels like cruelty. Mm-hmm. It feels radical and, and painful and cold and you feel mean and yep. whatever. But enabling people isn't kindness. It's not. That is, that is not kindness. And that is like, let's talk about what a good person is. Mm-hmm. We think about, a, a, oh man, that person's such a good person. They're so generous. They're, they're, they do such selfless things. Yep. But the kindest, most generous person you know has been an asshole to someone. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, the, 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 the pinnacle of a good person um, is a multifaceted person who routinely fucks up and who routinely like will flip somebody off in traffic by mm-hmm. accident. Um, who <laughs> That's will, <me>. Yep, <laughs> you did that. <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> you know, but like there's, I think of like, I'm like, oh man, at night, I'm like, man, I want to be a good person. I don't do it at night. Yeah, I was like, do you really? <laughs> I take a weed candy and I go to sleep. Yeah, I was like, um, at 8.45, you're lying in bed with your weed candy going, I want to be a good person. It's such a good life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know your life. That might be what you do. And I'm sorry if I made fun of it. No, you, you painted a perfect portrait of it. <laughs> And you're, I want to be a good person. Yeah, your big dumb but it's dog. More like is like, this. Mm. I'm like, I want to be a good person. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, so, but when I think about what a good person is, I think I want to be liked by everyone. Yeah. I want to be yep. generous and giving, and I want everyone to have a positive experience with me. That's something I carry and that keeps me up at night and um, is so fucking irrational. It's such an irrational standard to hold myself to that. Yep. Like, I want everybody to like, like me. That's sure. impossible. Yes. And it's also, impossible. No. And actually kind people, not everybody likes Our them. bitches. <laughs> <laughs> no, because being, being generous of yourself, being say it, Brene. kind, right. Requires you to say no to people so that you can fully say yes to the things that you want and need to say Ugh, yes to. That made me wet. <laughs> That is a first for me. Mm. Also, can I tell the story of me helping you with your wardrobe backstage? I don't remember what happened. Yes, I blacked out. Okay, great. Uh, so, Oh, yes, it's very cute. <laughs> uh, Sierra before was wearing a bra under her dress, and then she was like struggling. She wanted it was, to like, take it off. Out, yeah, she was like, like, you could really see care. it. It was great. Uh, but then she was like, can you help me take this off? And then I went behind her and tried to unclasp it. And I was like, I've never done this before. Ever. I understand why this is so hard for those straight boys and also women who are into other women. There you go. There you go. Um, and non-binary folks who have breasts. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, yes. So A, we just want to like be that voice in the void to tell you you did the absolutely right thing and it's okay if you faltered. It's okay if you stayed up at night thinking about these details because that's your humanness showing. But you know what you deserve. You know what's right. You know what your boundaries are. And sweetheart, my love, my darling A, you know what your future looks like and it doesn't look like this. It doesn't look like this. And Mm -hmm. this person has done just because, oh, one of my biggest pet peeves all. Uh Uh-oh, here comes the rant. (sighs) It's okay. (laughs) Not right now. <laughs> not yet. Um, one of my biggest pet peeves when reading your letters, and it's not be- it's not out of shame or judgment, but it's out of love because I want all of you to ha- 
to be happy um, is when people say, oh, but I've just known them for so long. Mm, They've been in my life for real? so long. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the length of the relationship should not outweigh the quality of their treatment to you. Mm, it doesn't matter how real. long they have been in your life. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that they know all your dirty secrets. If they treat you like shit, it's just, it, that does not, it is the quality, not the quantity. Absolutely. Um, so yes, uh, and caretaking. Oh my God, to give my fellow caretakers or my Enneagram twos or whatever. Yep. Um, we're, <laughs> we are not as special as we think we are. <laughs> <laughs> and taking care of people over our own needs is a form of self-harm t- and it's a form of harm to our loved ones yep. because we're going to run out one day. Mm-hmm. We're going to run out one day. If we don't know how to love and take care of ourselves, sure. we will never be a good partner. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we love you. We love you. <laughs> um, I want to share. Uh, no, I don't want to share that. I don't need okay. to share that. Right. Um, but also, like, bottom line, a you didn't cause him to go to jail. Oh like, yeah, like, I really do. I want to say, say that too. That. Like, this is not your fault. No, absolutely not. He he made those decisions for whatever reason. You know, let's let's look at this holistically too. Like, there are reasons oh, he's why he's hurting. hurting for sure, and he's acting out in different ways. But it's not because of you, and there's nothing you could have done to stop it. Yeah, and oh my God, to the caretaker people, like just because someone's hurting doesn't mean you are the person that needs to fix the problem. I hear someone hurting across the room, and like literally, my breasts start lactating. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, let me like nurse you. <laughs> like, it's a genetic disorder. Oh, um, that's funny. There's for sure a fanfic about that. (laughs) (laughs) But but I have had to recognize, just like my desire to have everyone like me, my desire to help everyone, to fix everyone's problems, that's an irrational equation that I put in my head that is literally unsolvable. I will not be able to help everyone, and I am not the person to help everyone. And especially in this situation, A, you are not the person to help this person this man get on his head and heart journey. In fact, you are the last person who should help him because you are a crutch to him. Absolutely. Cool. Great. Little tough love at the end there. I love that. (laughs) A, we love you so much. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you so much. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. 
Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Did y'all know it was negative 11 degrees when I left Minnesota this morning? Negative 11. It was insane. <laughs> what did I text you this morning? You're practically a frontiersman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> While like I was a lumberjack, wearing my bejeweled. But like very, he's like, oh, the wood. <laughs> <laughs> that was not Accurate. a gay stereotype. He's told me he hates camping. I do hate camping. I don't understand it. Why sleep on the ground when you can sleep in a bed? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Our, this is like the most fun I've had in a lifetime, I think. <laughs> no, this is great. You all are amazing. All right. So I started air humping, Spencer. That's always like, I don't know where he is, but that's always a denotation of my excitement. Air humping. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Okay. All right. Our next letter comes from Am I That Crazy X? This shit is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I need to ask you guys something. This is going to be a wild ride. I want you to have your empathy hats on, like mm-hmm. enjoy the ride, but like also remember that we've all been this person. Right. This person is looking And we're going to give help. them all the lo- tough love and sweet love. Yes. Um, I just, I almost didn't pick it because I don't want you guys to be too hard on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, enjoy the ride. <laughs> yes. Um, and they are running from somewhere on the East Coast. So they might be here tonight. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, here comes I'm That Crazy X. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun if we just, like, brought them out? And we're like, no. No, it would be awful. <laughs> I'd be like, I think you're doing fine. Don't worry yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No conflict here. <laughs> All right. Dear Sierra and Sam, you are the best part of waking up on a Monday morning. That's true. It's also, really, your guys' little, 
your little notes make us really happy. I know. I have. A, I'm afraid that people think that they have to do it to get their letter read, and that is not true. So, like, don't feel that way. It is true. <laughs> but, like, will it give you a better chance? Yes. <laughs> you know what will give you a better chance is if you give us a new funny phrase to say. <laughs> like, uh, um, humans, uh, like a human dish sponge was one of them that we really loved. Uh-huh, yep. Or whatever, whatever it was. It was clearly funny enough for us to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I started listening to your wonderful podcast about a year and a half ago when I was at the beginning of my head and heart journey. As I was listening to a previous episode about a, quote, crazy ex, I started reflecting on my last relationship and I'm starting to wonder, did I behave like a crazy ex with no boundaries? (laughs) I met my ex on an app in 2017. It's funny because I remember meeting him for the first time and it was the feeling of being home. My gut, my intuition, everything told me we would be together for a very long time. I can be the first one to admit that the relationship was hard, especially since it was long distance. I know back then I had an anxious attachment style and he had an avoidant attachment style. Not That's a great. Me and Sam. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it works for us. Because mm-hmm, we're not fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> he was... Show me your butt. Show me your butt. <laughs> you guys know that reference, or is that just in my head? <laughs> He was the adventurous type, so he continued to live his life throughout the relationship, and I became codependent. I forgot about friends and other hobbies and poured everything into the relationship. Fast forward to eight months in, he breaks up with me. I was so confused because we were doing so good, and just the night before, we had such a great time together. I kept asking him if there was anyone else, and he denied it. He just said he realized we weren't compatible, but refused to give me any other reasons. He said he just wasn't sure about me. Then two months into our breakup, I learned that he had met another woman while we were together and decided to pursue a relationship with her. At that time, I wasn't in therapy and I wasn't in a good place, and I messaged her and told her about me. (laughs) If I am honest now, I did it because I wanted them to break up. Fair and honest. (laughs) Yes, thank you for that honesty. I wanted to hurt him the way that he hurt me. It turned... uh, It turned into him telling me that he is happy with her and to never contact him again. So I stopped. I started going to therapy. I started hanging out with my friends more. I started journaling. I joined the gym. I started listening to podcasts, meditating. fucking did. That's right. I was doing that good head and heart work. I didn't speak to him for almost seven months. Then I ended up calling him by accident. Let's be real, I had a few glasses of wine and was looking him up, and my hand slipped. (laughs) To be fair, we were reading this earlier in our Airbnb. I was like, that doesn't happen. And Spencer said, honestly, my dog just liked a picture on Twitter, uh, so it does happen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah, I'll believe you. He said, luckily, it was like a good thing, tweet to like, and not like something. Donald Trump or something. Yeah. Sorry, we're not a political podcast. I learned from this conversation. Yes, we are. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, I learned from this conversation that they had broken up. I couldn't help it, but I was this accidental this phone call. Yeah, this accidental phone call that that apparently they like. I feel like if you you accidentally called someone, let me accidentally call someone. (laughs) Well, uh, yes, I did accidentally call your ex at one time. 
Oh my God, I remember that. Yeah, but then I immediately hung up because that's what you do when you accidentally that's call someone. You don't story. like sit on the phone and you're like, oh, it's ringing? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I guess I should put it up to my face and respond when they pick How up. How does this work? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I'm sorry, my love. Empathy hats. Yes. Oh, God, we, okay. We do really love you. And yes. I have drunk called so many exes. Oh, my God, yes, so many. I can't, I don't even want to talk about how many times I called Willow when we were broken up. Oh. So many fucking times. She's here tonight, everybody. You did it! <laughs> oh, my God, wherever you are, I, we were not supposed to say that. Oh, whoops. <laughs> Just kidding, she's not here tonight. <laughs> Well, it's not like we're going to hide it. We just didn't want to make it known. But now that it's known, I'm going to talk about you all night, wherever the fuck you are. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Yes. Sorry. Finding my place again. (laughs) Yes, they're Twittering. They're all the Twitter. I told you this would happen. It's my fault. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, Yes. I couldn't help it, but I was actually happy when I first heard that they had broken up. But then I could hear in his voice how upset he was about losing her. He was so upset that he was in therapy now to work out some things. I was sad to hear this because I care about him, and seeing him this upset made me really upset. Thinking about it now, I shouldn't have said this, which is a common theme in this letter. (laughs) But I told him, every ounce of me believes that I was put on this earth to be with you. I've said worse. I have said so much worse than that, so like I cannot even judge. I've said, like, what are you wearing? <laughs> like, in opportune times, or, you know, I don't know. That's right. I'm just trying just to embarrass like, myself to put it in context. Called and left, like, eight messages that only say, I love you, in a very drunken voice. Oh, my God. Not good. <laughs> uh, okay. Why don't I get those messages? <laughs> uh, because you're too nice to me. You're right. I should yeah. be a cold, cold... You should have sex with me and then stop responding to my text messages. That's really how it goes. (laughs) That's so dark. (laughs) I reached out to him a few more times after that. I messaged him about a book that I thought would help. I guess deep down, regardless of how much he has hurt me, I wanted to know that he was okay. The last two messages I sent him, he ignored. Two months ago, I sent my last message to him where I expressed to him that not having him in my life has been the hardest thing ever. I told him that losing him was harder than the death of my brother. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. I considered my ex like family. Since I sent that message, I have been doing a lot of meditation and writing in my journal. I have realized that I was not setting clear boundaries for myself, and I was not respecting his. I worried if I was that crazy ex. All my actions were done out of love. All the reaching out, I guess I wanted him to get to know and be proud of the woman I have become. I really have changed my life since our breakup. I know it's too late now for us to even be friends with all the damage I have caused, but I have a lot of guilt. I worry that my messages hindered his progress in therapy. I don't want to ever come across as that crazy ex. The me now wouldn't act like that, but I thought I was fighting for love. I feel, I feel crazy for continuing to love a man who left me for another girl who has repeatedly ignored my messages. Part of me wishes he would give me a hard no and say we would never be a thing again. The healed part of me says to just move on, start fresh with someone else, which I have tried, but I still think about him when I am with any other person. The irrational part of me believes that him and I are meant to be together. Sam and Sierra, please help. 
I know. Thank you so much for writing. Um, am I the crazy ex? Um, I'm not going to call you that. I'm mm. going to call you um, empowered one. Mm. Because I want you to remember that everything you need is already inside you. Mm -hmm. um, and there's nothing outside in the external world that is going to make you more empowered than yourself. Absolutely. And more worthy and lovable, etc. That's right. I'm not going to call you that crazy ex because also um, you're not crazy. No. Um, and the trope of the crazy ex is a trope, yes. right? It's a, it's a way that we disempower people mm -hmm. who Particularly are, women. um, who are, uh, I don't know, having a hard time Absolutely. with being a human in a vulnerable position. Right. Uh -huh. yep. Um, and, uh, yeah. Can you speak a little bit more on the trope? Of yeah. It? I mean, I think, I think that you, um, maybe didn't deal with the things in a way that best reflected what you were trying to do and trying to say. But I, I don't want us to get into this habit of calling people crazy exes because it, it, it doesn't allow us to wear our empathy hats for people, right? People are acting out in ways that are unhealthy for them and for us because they're hurting, right. because they don't have the, the tools and skills to be able to figure out what they should be doing in a healthy way. And instead of condemning people from that or writing them off as crazy, we should be extending empathy and saying, you know, with healthy boundaries, of course, but instead saying, I understand that you're hurting. I'm not going to allow you to hurt me anymore, but I have empathy for you and I wish you the best. Right. right? And of course, there's when we're talking about like our exes that have mistreated us or who are overstepping their boundaries, there's space for anger and empathy in for the sure. same fucking basket. Like yep. I think so often, again, with kindness and caretakers, we think like we have to be all giving and all loving and all understanding. But if you have an ex who's being a quote unquote crazy ex, yep. it's OK to be like this person. Ooh, I just spit up myself. <laughs> The hottest person in the room has just spit on herself. So, like, you all can get with whomever you want. That was the nicest thing you've ever said to me. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, uh, I just mean, like, we, we, you know, when we're responding to our quote-unquote crazy exes, sure. we often don't know how to be compassionate and um, for them and compassionate for ourselves. For sure. Just want to, like, throw that into the basket. But yep. um, continuing, like you said, the trope is just, it's just hurting us more, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. That all being said, I have totally been that crazy ex. <laughs> <laughs> I have totally been the thing that I'm telling you what didn't exist. Yeah, right. Yep. Um, and what that thing is, is someone who is trying to move throughout the world with the only the tools and resources and understanding that they have at that moment. For sure. There's, it, it is not that I am uh, less than before or that I am whole and finished now. It's that back then when I would call Willow late at night and, and <laughs> listen to her voicemail just to hear her voice because I was a creepy fucking pathetic person. Oh. I, I know I wasn't pathetic. That was self no. <laughs> um, you know, I was you heartbroken. Yep. I was hurting. I didn't have the tools to put up healthy boundaries. Yep. Back then, I wasn't being a crazy ex. I just literally didn't understand boundaries. And I was overstepping hers. And I was overstepping mine. Sure. Yada, yada, yada. Yep. Um, and so you were just doing the best that you could with the knowledge and experience you had at that moment. And it's so obvious to me and Sam that you have more knowledge now. Mm -hmm. But here comes the hard head and heart work. Yep. Having that knowledge and applying that knowledge. <laughs> They're two different things. Are two different things. That's right. And we often forget that in, in like internal work. Yep. Is that like just because you learn a lesson, don't 
doesn't mean you use it. For sure. That's right. And sometimes I think we can get distracted by the... Can somebody write that down? That was really good and it was off the top of my head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're trying to write a book one day. (laughs) That's right. Um, But I also think that sometimes... Oh, wait. We have an audio recording. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You mean this whole time we've been recording these conversations? What? Okay. Anyway. Um... No, what was I saying? Oh, and sometimes I think that sometimes we get distracted by the measurements around like self-care and self-love and we forget about what it actually means. So like you can journal every single day of your life and still not be practicing self-love, right? You can be doing yoga. You can be meditating. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And you, which is to say that like all of those things are important practices to get you towards that, but they are not indications of the actual thing, Yeah, which I think is really, it's hard because like, yeah, we want people to be meditating. We want people to be journaling if that helps them get to that point. But sometimes I think, and I do this too, like I can get distracted by the act of that rather than what the outcome is supposed to be, which is like reflection and growth and moving towards And not just that, I want to talk about concrete actions because that's the hardest shit to apply. My empowered one, um, you know what that looks like? It looks like um, blocking your ex. Mm-hmm. It looks like being okay in your heart yep. with him never speaking to you again and you never speaking to him again Yep. because he's not in your future, Yep. right? You are moving forward because you know you deserve better. Mm-hmm. You deserve somebody who wants to be with you. You deserve somebody who responds to your messages. Yep. Base level. You <laughs> right. <know? laughs> um. And you need to know in your heart that uh, closure comes as a gift to yourself that you give yourself. Say, right. and, and that closure is going to look like empowered one. It's going to look like saying, I did the best that I could mm. with the knowledge and experience that I have. I had at the time, but now I can do better. And I'm going to give myself the gift of forgiving myself yep. and not being embarrassed of my behavior yep. because I simply didn't know better. And now I do right now. I do now yep. I can do better. That, that's sure. literally, I can't be ashamed of drunk dialing Willow when I was 20 for the rest of my life. I just can't. You just can't. It's not sustainable. I literally cannot. No. It is It is a waste of my brain space. Life is too short to feel it's guilty about fucking stupid short. shit like that. It's too fucking short. And if you don't feel like life is short, it's it's probably um, because you haven't had an uh, unforeseen loss, mm-hmm. to be honest. And I don't mean that as like a read or anything. No. But like life is gone like that. For sure. And um, Empowered One, you can... It might not feel like it, but I promise you, you can close your heart, t- this chapter in your heart. Yes. It, But you have to turn the page. Yep, for sure. And so you also, I mean, on that, you talk about <clears throat> how you know that you were codependent in that relationship, right? But guess what, y'all? Codependency doesn't just end with the relationship. <laughs> like, codependency continues on and on for as long as we allow <laughs> it to go. I am offended. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you offend my lifestyle like that? <laughs> right. And so in I think I'm codependent like with my dog. <laughs> I'm like codependent with my cat for sure. Oh my God. I, y'all. Todd. He's the cutest in the whole world. Okay. We need to say focus. <laughs> We're on the second letter. Um, yes. I brought so, up the animals. Sorry. <laughs> no. Uh, so empowered one. Um, I would encourage you to read the book, um, Codependent No More by Melanie Beattie, uh, which is a fantastic book. Um, and it's all about recognizing 
the actions and behaviors like of being the codependent. Fibers of codependency. Yes. And then how do you actually move towards ending that? Because friend, you are still codependent right now, mm-hmm. right? And I, I know that's really hard to hear because it feels like you have moved forward through all of this stuff. But a person who's not uh, pinning their value to how this person thinks about them, how this person feels about them, like that is the definition of codependency. Right. And your actions are a reflection of that. And honestly, I can speak to it. Like I, like, sorry to talk about you, honey, so much. <laughs> um and like this is a bad example because we got back together. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. This is the exception that proves the rule and right. not what we should expect from all of our relationships. But I re- I relate so much empowered one to your like I just want them to know me as the better self because yep. you're ashamed. Yep. Right? But j- even if they did know you, it wouldn't make you love yourself more. That's right. That's right. And it needs to be enough for you to know right. that you are the better person now. Right. It is totally. ne- enough it is for you to know that you have more school skills and tools in your tool belt, right? I just had a crazy thought too. I feel like codependency lives in our head too. Mm-hmm. It's like when you know you're holding space for the idea of someone loving you again, that's codependency. codependency. That's saying like, oh, fuck I would, that feeling. I, I know. <laughs> I would forgive everything. Like, like, oh, you know, we're not together anymore and that's okay. Like, I just hope they're happy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I really care about them. I want to be their friend. Um, but if they called me tonight, mm-hmm. would I be at their beck and call? Yep. Would I be, would my heart flip over at the opportunity to prove to them how lovable I am now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it, it's, it's obvious to us that you are um, that, that, that codependency and no shame, honey, like this is me to my DNA. This is me. Do you, I just want to say like 18 million people just cheered for codependent no more the book because like, that's how many, um, (laughs) it's huge. Oh my God. Uh, no, but like, because that's how many people have struggled with codependency. Mm -hmm. It is not, it is not like an individual affliction. It is something that we are taught to do by, the things that we grew up with by yes, society, by totally. our parents, by our relationships with others. So I don't by want our you parents to divorces. Yeah, that. <laughs> uh, so I don't want you to take that on and, and use that again as a mark of shame against yourself. Right. Or a reason that you need right. to, to prove to someone else that you're lovable. Right? right. It is something that is taught to us and we have the power empowered one to unlearn it. And yes. that is what is so wonderful and exciting about this head and heart work is that we have that opportunity to constantly be learning to constantly be doing better, to constantly be moving towards the person that we want to be. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Question. (laughs) Empowered One, we know that's a little bit of tough love, but we know because you're on this head and heart journey that you can handle it. Absolutely. We love you so much. We believe in you and we're proud of you. Thank you so much for writing. Thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. All right, our final letter is from Julia Gulia. Who gets that <laughs> reference here? Because my girlfriend was obsessed with it. Um, it's from the wedding singer. Or that's this person's actual name. And <laughs> I don't know. It could be. Yeah. Um, this person is writing to us from the UK. Dear Sierra and Sam, I've been listening to your podcast for a few months now and to try and gain some clarity and understanding about my current situation. It's been very helpful and it helps that you guys are fucking hilarious. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we certainly think we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're funny. I think we're fun. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm funny. I, I have fun with you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway. Do you want to do a stand-up routine right now? <laughs> no. Okay. All right. I don't. I, stand-up <laughs> comedy terrifies me. That's legit. Um, mostly because every single fucking time I go, I get heckled at because I sit like this. It's because I'm cold, you fucking assholes. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, you don't want to laugh? And I'm like, you could make me laugh. Yeah, maybe. you could be funnier, maybe. <laughs> okay, anyway, I just don't like the male bravado on stage. You That's know. legit. It's only been men. Sorry, men. It's just a statistic. <laughs> it's science, okay? <laughs> just kidding. Okay, Julia, back to you. Um, I've been listening to others' letters and I've found some similar situ- relationship issues, but nothing specific about my issue. I need to dump my partner, but I just can't do it. Mm. Long story sh- long, please feel free to paraphrase. <laughs> I've been d- dating my partner for eight years. We got together after I split up with my ex-husband and I was very emotionally vulnerable and still heartbroken, even though the split was my decision. There were lots of red flags with my partner's behavior very early on, although at the time I knew nothing about emotional abuse or even what a red flag was. Sometimes I even thought that the shitty behavior from my partner was some sort of punishment for what I had done to my ex-husband, who was devastated when I left. Mm. Our brains are fucking... I know, they can make connections that are not there. Oh my God, they're the cruelest places sometimes. In the first two years of our relationship, I split up with him for f- four times due to his shitty behavior. And per- let me just say this. <laughs> As a rule of thumb, yeah. if you break up with somebody more than three times, maybe just leave it out. <laughs> maybe just leave that one out in the trash, okay? Right. You gave it a go and a go and a go. Yeah, yeah. A go, go, go. Right. And now you're like, maybe not. Maybe a no. You know what? That's not proven. I'm just, I'm like, I'm out here like, maybe that one's done, okay? Um, No offense to you, my darling Julia. Um, Anyway, uh, where was I? Um, And perhaps deep down, knowing that this wasn't right and I didn't uh, deserve how he was treating me, all my previous relationships have been with genuine, kind-hearted men, even if they weren't right in the long term. So when he was a dickhead to me, I was genuinely baffled and taken aback. I now understand that my relationship is abusive. He's tried numerous times to cause problems between me and my mom. Technically, it's mom because she's from the UK. Cute. I feel a little appropriative saying that, though. (laughs) 
people never visit um, as he doesn't like visitors. When I would have people around frequently, if it was up to me, he tries to control me in various ways, often by turning blame back onto me, which is something sometimes makes me feel genuinely question if it's me who is the bad guy, giving me the silent treatment, basically loads of behaviors that you could tick off on the is he a narcissist checklist. After the first initial two years of problems, we then had a relative stable period for four years. Um, it sounds like a, uh, the United States economy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like the Cold War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Although maybe I just gotten better adapted to my, I, I got better at adapting my life to how he wanted Ooh, to real. That's real. Um, but then two years ago, we had a wonderful child together. And since then, it's basically gone right down the shitter. Do you guys have that term in the U.S.? We do now. <laughs> <laughs> Having a kid has been hella hard work. And, but I think that a lot of my struggle was because although he was around loads, I just felt super unsupported. I ended up not asking him to do things because he would sigh and then do them resentfully. And then I just thought it would be easier to do it myself than have him do stuff and be grumpy about it. We had a relationship... We had relationship counseling for six months when our daughter was one year uh, old, which didn't, which did seem to help at the time. But things have just gone back to being crap again lately. I've been doing a lot of thinking and listening to your podcast, and I realized that his behavior is not acceptable, and I'm not happy, and that, to be honest, I just don't even like him anymore. Mm. My problem is this. I know deep down that I need to end the relationship for my own sake, but I just don't seem to be able to do the final push. The house we live in is legally mine. We bought it two years ago when he was a full-time student, so it's all in my name, and he's been financially dependent on me for the past three and a half years, although he has recently got a part-time job. <laughs> Every time we do a live show, I'm like, there's going to be a fucking riot. Pow, Trace! You know? <laughs> Um, I am very aware that when we split, he will have to move out and due to his shit credit record, also his problem due to his refusal to take responsibility for himself and pay off those debts when he had a chance, he will struggle to find a rental, although he could always go live with his mom if he had no other choice. It just seems easier at present to feel unhappy yet play happy family mm. and take each day as it comes rather than facing up to the reality that I have to do this horrible thing, even though it's got to the point that it's consuming my mind every day. And now I feel like I'm living a lie. I feel guilty. Mm. Like I am leading him on, even though really I'm just giving myself time to process my thoughts and get my brain in gear. But at some point I need to act. I'm an intelligent, sensible person and I wouldn't tolerate any of this bullshit from someone else. So why can't I bite the bullet and just split up? I mm. so it's so close, but still so bafflingly out of reach. I just don't know what to do. Any advice gratefully received with love, Julia. Oh, why don't we just say what to do on three? I'll give you a hint. It's the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. We all know that it is <clears throat> way too more complicated than that. But let's do yep. it for fun. One, two, three. Just, just break up. up. Ooh, I feel like we're on a game show. <laughs> you won heartbreak. Honestly, my dream is to do that at the end of every episode of like a live show when you do your affirmation and then I say just break up. We get the audience to do it. So let's try it this time. Okay. Okay, great. Anyway, now that we've got that squared away. I was way more excited than all of they were. No, they were all like, wait, you want us to do what? I was like, okay, you don't, I don't have to. Um, Okay, so, uh, yes. 
Um, Julia, I just want to say that it doesn't matter if you are an intelligent, sensible person mm-hmm. in matters of the heart, and especially when we've been in an abusive relationship for eight fucking years. Yep. Will it'll rewire your understanding of reality. Mm-hmm. Literally, I was talking to Melissa backstage about one of my fucking shitty exes, mm-hmm. the shitty ex, yep. and how I literally said um, that relationship, if you even want to call it that, like caused the most damage to my brain mm-hmm. more than any other thing in my life, mm-hmm. more than death, um, more than taxes, <laughs> more than... <laughs> You know, more than any other trauma, that one relationship, which didn't even last like nine months, Mm -hmm. rewired my brain so fucking badly. Um, It was just, it was awful. I was so ashamed. That's right. um, That that I lost myself so deeply in that. And I can't imagine, Julia, what it's like to swallow yourself whole for eight years. That's right. And I, I remember us talking about that relationship and you being like, I had done so much head and heart work to like before that relationship to find this yourself is a recent relationship right in that relationship again was just so disheartening because no matter how smart we are and no matter how equipped we are, we can still find ourselves in relationships where we look around and we're like, how the fuck did this happen? Ugh. Right. And I think I think that's what's so challenging about conversations about abusive relationships is like because they can happen to any person right and they can happen and you can identify it immediately or they can happen you can identify it after eight years but there there are abusive people out there everywhere right and that and that is real and that's really it's scary and it's it's hard to find yourself in those situations and then suddenly have to realize that now it's up to you to figure out how to get out of it. Yeah. Julia, I want to do like a weird little metaphor with you, mm-hmm. <laughs> per use. Um, I want you to imagine that every time that you overstepped your boundaries or every time you allowed him to mistreat you over the last eight years, you were creating um, like a house around yourself, mm-hmm. like a, out of building blocks. You were one building block per... Um, swallowing of yourself and so after eight years you are you are you feel boxed in right you feel stuck you feel like this is your home this is your way of life this is your view for the rest of your life um but i i want to remind you that those those building blocks just because they're there they are not cemented together Mm. and all you need to do is push out and it's going to make a mess, right? Those blocks are going to go everywhere. There's going to be quote-unquote consequences for this. Yep. But you are not beholden to this structure you've built with him. Yep. You The the w- one motion can set it all in motion. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Thanks. Uh, no, but I love that metaphor. <laughs> right? I love that metaphor because it it's about taking up space too, right? Like you have been uh, folding yourself over and over and over again as this this house gets built around you and closing you in. But you have the power to suddenly stand up, take up space, and push it all away. Literally, I'm picturing it. I'm picturing like those old like brick like building blocks yeah, the, from children the, who were born in the 80s. Yeah. Does anybody want? No, okay. <laughs> um, and Every church basement had ew, a set of them. Bitch, I was just going to say Sunday school. Oh, my God. 
Um, but I can, I'm picturing it around you, Julia, and I'm picturing this powerful woman taking her agency back and saying, no, like none of this yep. is holding me back. I, I just it. think it is, yep. right? And yes, it's going to make a mess. Yes, they're going to go everywhere. Yes, he's going to have to deal with the fucking consequences of his choices. Right. But that mess is is so worth you running out, Absolutely. like getting free. Yep. Um, and I know it's way more complicated than that, but we're going to just keep going down this right. train of um, this this road of of uh, of affirmation for you. That's right. I want to say too. Um, you say I, I. This is one of my favorite things to do in head and heart work, and it's so simple. But you said I'm an intelligent, sensible person, and I wouldn't tolerate this from anybody else. Um, so like why this person mm -hmm. and I oh uh, something that I always do is I always think like what if this person was doing it to little Sierra mm -hmm. like as Sierra as a child yep would I oh I get emotional <laughs> would I ever ever let anyone treat a child the way I let them treat me mm -hmm. would I ever let anyone treat Sam the way I have been treated, yeah. right? Or the things that I have allowed, you know? And so I want you, Julia, I'm sorry to pull on this hard string, but I want you to picture your daughter. Mm. And I want you to picture her at 16. And I want you to picture her having a relationship that looks like this. Mm -hmm. And what would you want for her? Yep, absolutely. That's real. Yeah. I'm just like letting that sit for a minute because yeah. that's a good one. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of like child sort of work, um, uh, several years ago, my mother once emailed me something that I've always thought that kind of inspires that mm -hmm. thought process, which is like, okay, sure, like not everybody here loves babies. <laughs> um, um, but Sam doesn't. <laughs> um, but we can recognize like babies are cute. And they inspire some sort of awe in us, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's awe that a body can be made inside a body or that they're tiny humans that don't understand taxes and capitalism and that, they're, that they are pure and full of joy, you know, and awe at that time. And their needs are so simple, right? It's mm -hmm. like they want to be warm. They want to be loved. They want to be fed. They want to sleep. Like they're just so simple and human. And um, my mother emailed me something basically like, Whenever you have a negative thought about yourself, picture yourself as a baby, mm -hmm. full of joy, full of wonder. You inspire awe in other people. Um, you are new and, and you are full of, of wonder of the world. And then she said, this is who you are all the time. Mm. That is who you are every day. You still are that, the baby that is deserving of wonder and joy and awe. Um, and I just, I loved that. Because again, like a, a, a tool to combat, combat self-loathing is to picture yourself as a child and yeah. treat yourself as a child the way a child needs the simplest love and joy. So. That's right. I love that. Anyway. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> but I also... Um... I also want to recognize how hard this is too, so right? Like it's, if it was as easy as standing up and pushing a brick house, so like a, a plastic brick house over, like everyone would do it. Right. But it is, I think it is so easy. It's so much easier to sacrifice ourselves over and over and over again than it is to stand up for ourselves. Like mm -hmm. that's just the reality of it. And say your heartbreak line. Yeah. And it's easier to swallow a tiny heartbreak every single day than do the big one that's going to actually set us free. Right. Right. And I think, it is really hard. So I want to I want to create space in understanding of that, right? Like it what we're saying to you sounds easy when we say it out loud, but in actuality it's incredibly difficult. But you are 
worth it and you have it within you to stand up for yourself instead of continuing to sacrifice yourself over and over and over again. Absolutely. You can do it. You have you have that power within you and we know that you know that it's something that you need to do and that you can do it. And this is going to sound wild or like too simple. Practice saying it out loud. Yeah. No, absolutely. Say it Write to yourself in the mirror. Yep. And say it out loud. Yep. I mean, just the acknowledgement that you've already done of saying, I know that I need to leave this person, but, and you say it to yourself, I need to leave this person. Like, look yourself in the mirror. Well, I'm saying, and give yourself the I'm breaking dog. up with you. Oh, yeah, like, you can say do that one the too. actual, because <laughs> it sounds like she said it, right? I'm saying, practice the words out loud. Yep. I haven't been happy for a long time. I feel like our relationship has gotten to a point where we cannot sustain any growth or goodness. For sure. I really appreciate the things that you have brought into my life, especially our daughter, but I no longer want to pursue a relationship with you. I don't think it's healthy for either of us. Absolutely. And when they push back, when your partner pushes back, Julia, you say, we have been trying at this for eight years. We went to couples counseling and you continually go back on on what we need to work on. I cannot shoulder this anymore, nor do I want to, nor do I deserve to. Yeah, absolutely. That's real. And Julia, my love, you don't have to have everything figured out before you do this, right? right? I think sometimes we get so bogged down in like, what does the detail of this breakup look like? Where does he go? What do we do? All of that stuff, right? That doesn't have to be figured out right now. It will be figured out once you say the words out loud. Yes. Once you say them to It'll, him. It, the, the, the blocks will start to fall. Absolutely. And it's important to maintain boundaries and do all of the stuff that we talk about and make sure that the breakup is as healthy as possible. But that doesn't have to be in place for you to say, I need to break up with you. Will it be fun? No. no. Will it be pretty? No. Mm-mm. Will it be graceful? Not even a little. But will it be worth it? For sure. Absolutely. We love you so much. Thank you so much for writing, Julia. Thanks. <clears throat> All right. That wraps up episode 81. I fucking know. It's 81. <laughs> that wraps up episode 81 with and brings us to the blind date segment. Every episode, we shout out something we want to send you home with. This week, we want to set you up with... A show on Netflix called Cheer. Oh, my God. Listen to the people. They love it. Tell me what you love about it. I watched it. Okay. uh, So Cheer is this show on Netflix that follows this, like, elite program in this, like, tiny uh, community college in Texas that, like, wins the national cheerleading championships every year. Um, And it's amazing because it's, like, these crazy, crazy athletic people who all have these very interesting and compelling backstories all coming together in this tiny town in Texas. And they're just like the fucking best in the world. Yeah. And they're doing this cheerleading thing and there's nothing after college, right? There's no like professional cheerleading. I mean, there is, but like they don't get paid. Uh, So let's talk about that for a minute and like (laughs) the wage gap on that one. Yeah. Um, But like, the amount of work that they put into this and the amount of, of heartbreak that they have Physical been through like, like, oh. and just like everyone's flying and like people are hitting their heads and like breaking their arms. And it's I will so say stressful. if you haven't watched it because like you're a type of person who avoids things with hype, um, just watch it. It's really good. <laughs> it's so it's better than you'll ever expect. And it's fast. Like it, it goes is. by fast. It goes super fast. And every like every person on that team, like 
is told, their story is told in such a nuanced way that you can both like hate them and love them at the same time, mm-hmm. which I just think is like something that we don't get a lot of to be totally. able to have that opportunity to see different aspects of people and be annoyed with them and want them to shut up and also being like, but I kind of understand where you're coming from on that. Yeah, totally. Um, and I just think they did such a good job of pulling out that nuance. And it's just amazing to see like that amount of athleticism oh in action. Wild. And then they put their little bows on the top of their head. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh my God, your bodies are rocking, but you look like 12 year olds now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's uh, really bizarre. The it's, the, it's so strange. Uh, <laughs> so that's Cheer on Netflix. Check it out. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much to our audience for being here today. Yes. Before we do our little spiel, we have merchandise over there. If you haven't seen it already, we have T-shirts, pint glasses, pins, stickers, and free business cards. So take a thousand of them. They just say just break up so you can like slide it across the table to someone. Yeah, right. Um, Sam and I will be... Somewhere. Somewhere. If you want to come and say hi or take a picture. Yep. Um, uh, yes, we would love to say hello. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank, um, thank you so much to Spencer. Thank you so much for the Knitting Factory. Fucking awesome venue. Thank you to my volunteers who took over the merch table and to everybody who came here. Honestly, Sam and I feel so hashtag blessed. Um, <laughs> but on a real level, we feel so lucky to do this. Um, Absolutely. We stood backstage and we held each other's hands and just said, this is so fucking wild. And you guys all just made this happen. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, Also, please buy more drinks and tip your bartenders because they have been working hard for this giant group of people all night and they are amazing and fantastic. So thank you to you all too. All right. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can also slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise and information about our more upcoming live shows, Woo-hoo. which we'll talk about next episode. So excited. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. This literally keeps the lights on and helps us reach more broken-hearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Are you all like mouthing along right now? <laughs> Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our good friend Big Cats. Give it for Big Cats one more time. That's my number one bud. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, you deserve all of the respect, love, and care you give so freely and so often to others. You deserve to have your needs met. There is no exception to this. It does not matter what you did, what you welcomed in your heart or allowed in the past, or who you were when you first let someone mistreat you. What matters now is your inherent worthiness as a citizen of this universe. No one chooses to make you lovable. You already are. All you need is within you. And if all else fails... Just break up! (laughs) 